0: beating cancer daily together one of my favorite people in the whole world is with us today on beating cancer daily and if you've listened to any of the episodes with jackie bryan our functional medicine expert my friend She's an RN, a whole health educator, a certified health coach, a certified nutrition specialist, the trick, You know that I always ask her (laughs) kind of an unrelated question to the podcast episode that we're doing, and then she always says, well, that's a whole other podcast, and then I know that I'm going to get Jackie to come back to do the podcast. So today is a podcast on iron and everything you want to know about iron. And I have so many questions for Jackie, but this is as the result of me poking that iron bear in a prior episode. So Jackie, welcome back to Beating Cancer Daily.
1: Thank you, Sarah. And it's so great to be here again talking about iron. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not talking about pumping iron.
0: We're actually talking about iron, iron deficiency, how to get iron into your system, the pros and cons. I can't wait, please, because I have been anemic in my lifetime and I had to solve that. So I just want to hear all the great ways that we can tackle iron.
1: Oh, yes, I think iron's a great topic. And it's one that there's a lot of confusion about. Do I take an iron supplement? Should I not take an iron supplement? I think it's helpful to just understand what is iron, like what what does it do? I mean, iron is a pretty important mineral in our body. It, it helps perform many necessary tasks. It's, it's really important for carrying oxygen in our blood, making energy, and really keeping our immune system strong. The Centers for Disease Control says that iron deficiency is the most common nutrition nutritional deficiency in the United States. There's 10% of women are considered iron deficient and many of those are premenopausal women.
0: That is insane. I never
1: thought of that as being one of the highest problems. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you think with their monthly cycles and, and they're losing blood and, and that is something that can cause them to be deficient because they're they're losing it on a monthly basis. And I remember when my daughter got checked and they had said, oh, her iron's a little bit low, but that's not uncommon for her age group. And I thought that was really interesting. It's estimated that up to 80% of the world's population may be deficient in iron and 30% have iron deficiency anemia. And some people might be curious, what's the difference between having an iron deficiency and having iron deficiency anemia? Are you curious? Wait a
0: second, Jackie.
1: <laughs> I was going to
0: actually tell you this joke at the end, but because of how you started, I have to tell you right now, I'm like bursting. My doctor said I had an iron deficiency and I asked him how he could tell. He pointed to my crinkled shirt.
1: Oh, I like that
0: one. That's funny. It's so dumb. But when you do, when you give one of these talks to one of the hospitals or to one of the big associations that you speak to, you actually have to tell that joke.
1: I think that is hysterical. That's so cute. I actually have an iron deficiency in our home and it's not related to our iron intake. But I'm, I'm, I am not a fan of iron and clothes, that's for sure. <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just... Oh, I think it's, I, so, so I think that the difference between iron deficiency and anemia, it's kind of important to understand, even probably before I talk about what iron is, is uh, iron deficiency and anemia are actually two words that are used interchangeably. So people assume when someone has an iron deficiency that they are anemic. Uh, and there's a really fine line of difference between the two of them. Iron deficiency refers to the lack of iron in the body. Right. That just means they drew the blood and they saw there's just not enough iron in there. And then anemia is the condition where the body is deficient in adequate healthy red blood cells. Iron deficiency is one type of anemia, but there are other types of anemia. So part of the reason that we get so concerned about iron deficiency is that it can affect healthy red blood cells, and that's really important in good health. I mean if we understand what iron is, it's it's a mineral, but it's also an essential nutrient that helps us perform many functions in our body. Everything that I was talking about earlier with the immune system and transporting oxygen, but it's it's a mineral that's found in many foods and in some cases it's actually added to foods as a dietary supplement. And if you've ever taken a dietary supplement with iron in it, some people get an upset stomach from it. Those are things that can happen, but it's a really important part of our red blood cells and, and many other functions in our body. It's interesting because I was actually told
0: not to take iron once I was diagnosed with cancer. And I had a history of anemia And they said, no more iron in your multivitamins. I don't think I've had iron in a multivitamin for over two and a half decades. And I haven't had any bouts with anemia. But I also, when I feel a little tired, I don't know if it's caused by a loss of iron or reduction in iron. Believe it or not, I just grab a piece of meat (laughs) once in a while and then I feel better. So I can't wait to hear what you have to say about
1: all that. Yeah, I mean, here here's the thing about supplementation and my take on supplementation, especially things like minerals, right? Like iron is a mineral. So when you take it as a supplement, it can get stored in your body. And I think it's really important for us to understand how much we actually have in our body. And that can be done with a simple blood test. I remember
0: my mother-in-law used to say, you don't need iron. I cook
1: in an iron skillet. Well, it's true. It's true. Absolutely. So most people are going to get enough iron in their everyday nutrition, right? Most people will get it. It's something that we we should be getting enough of in our diet, but there are certain populations of people that are at risk for iron deficiency. And those particular groups or people are the women of childbearing age that we talked about that are still getting their periods or even heavy menstrual cycles pregnant women. I I don't know when you had your daughter, if it was requested that you take an iron supplement. I know it was with my children, people that have poor diets, right? People that just aren't getting the nutrients that they need. People that donate blood frequently are another population. Cancer patients are another group. And we're going to talk into that as well. Infants and children, those especially born prematurely, people that have heart failure, people that have gut issues and and you might be wondering why people with gut issues would have issues with iron and and partly because they can't absorb it, right? They just they, they don't have the ability to absorb it. And then vegetarians, vegetarians are also at risk because they're not getting in that that meat.
0: It's interesting because I was premature. So I wonder if that had something to do with my childhood iron deficiency. Also could be the T V dinners <laughs> father fed me as a single dad, which wasn't good for anyone actually, yeah. yeah. but he, you got to give him some slack. He was a single dad and working full time and did not have any idea how to cook. So I, I was set up for some <laughs> nutritional issues growing up, but a lot of love there. Just not yeah. good in the kitchen, not good in the
1: kitchen. <laughs> I think many of us were raised in that sort of ultra processed, chemicalized environment and I think it's definitely something that, that could have taken a hit or health could have taken a hit on. I, I'd love to just talk for a second about why low iron is such an issue. And just and I think it. I think in order for people to create a compelling why they need to pay attention to iron, we need to know what's the big deal. Right. Like why? Why are we concerned about it? Iron, as we mentioned, is a, is one of the most common nutritional dif- uh, deficiencies in the country and in the world. And iron actually helps metabolize proteins and it plays a role in the production of the hemoglobin and the red blood cells. And this is something that can help prevent anemia from forming. We mentioned earlier the difference between iron deficiency and iron deficiency anemia, but if you've ever had an a iron deficiency there are several symptoms that you might've experienced. And Saren, you mentioned you had one. Do you remember any of those symptoms?
0: Fatigue, also very pale. My skin yes. color changed when, when I need a piece of meter to get some form
1: of iron into my system. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, definitely pale, low energy, fatigue, it can even go as far as muscle weakness, insomnia, weight changes, gut issues, mood changes, dizziness. So you can all see how iron deficiency can be confused with other things, right? I mean, because, and this is where I, I love being a healthcare provider because we spend a lot of our time ruling out things. <laughs> well, it's not that. <laughs> no, it's not this, yes. right? So we... We always try our best to figure out what's going on. I mean, with iron deficiency, it's pretty easy for us to do a blood test. But some other things, you can even see a discoloration of skin, even yellowing of the skin or shortness of breath, swelling in your tongue, cold hands and feet, brittle nails, headaches, poor concentration. I mean, there's a lot of different things that can manifest. We can see these types of symptoms in iron deficiency for sure. I had
0: a friend who had very severe iron deficiency, and I used to take her for infusions. And I saw the mental, central nervous play going on there. She was very jittery, poor concentration, mm-hmm. a lot of issues that were beyond just
1: the paleness and the weakness. Yeah. I mean, I think you see it firsthand. I mean, if you look at the science, right? We like, if we talk about, Let's, let's spend a minute just talking about the health benefits of iron like what what is so exciting about it we talked about oxygen transport that iron plays a role in helping our bodies move oxygen around so let's imagine <laughs> if we're not getting the oxygen moving around our body that has an impact on your cognition like you were talking about earlier um, it's important part of hemoglobin which is the protein that's found in our red blood cells and the hemoglobin's job, and you've probably seen on your lab tests, oh, I had a hemoglobin drawn But the hemoglobin's job is to pick up oxygen from our lungs and carry it to the different parts of our body. If you don't have enough iron, our cells aren't going to get the oxygen that they need in order to work properly. So those are some of the symptoms that you might have seen with your with your friend.
0: Yeah, it was really severe, and and people really don't talk about it. It was really hard to have that diagnosed for her. They didn't catch it right away, which is interesting because they probably would have seen it in
1: the blood test. Absolutely, absolutely. And the other thing you talked about was this fatigue, Right, This energy production, iron is crucial for creating energy in our bodies. It helps make a substance called ATP that might bring back a memory from your biology and science classes in school. But ATP is the main source of energy for all our cells. It's, it's like the battery that powers your body's activities and allows us to move, to think, to grow. And when we have enough iron, our cells can produce ATP and keep our energy low high, But without enough iron, this is where we start getting fatigued. And so I keep thinking, wow, this is like I have a wide range in my children age wise. And so I have a 30 year old daughter and I have a 13 year old daughter. So a long story. But what makes you you realize that the mood swings that people get each month? Yeah. With their cycles yeah. makes sense, right? There's some highs and there's some lows, right? And you think about all the changes, not just with their monthly cycle, but also with the the iron, right? If they're if they're not getting enough good nutrition. And I think the, the big thing, especially this being a cancer podcast, is what impact does iron have on our immune system? Why is it important?
0: Yeah. And Just what do you do and what don't you do? I mean, this is so fascinating to me. And no one talked to me about that when I was going through cancer treatment. I mean, it was 30 years since I was misdiagnosed, 24 years since I started treatment. The only information I got was don't take a multivitamin with iron, get one without iron. That was it. No one said anything
1: that you're telling me about iron. Well, and there could have been, depending upon the treatment you got, there could have been some contraindications. And that's why it's really important for all patients to double check with their providers to make sure that they are not taking any supplements that could interfere with what they're doing. I mean, that's ultimately the most important thing. But I think when I think about iron and immune function, I wish that I had a lot of this knowledge back when I was diagnosed with breast cancer 20 years ago there's a lot of reasons for this. One is that they might not have had all of the information back then. Two is you're just so overwhelmed as a cancer patient that it's, it's, it's so hard to process. Even the fact that you're getting chemotherapy, let alone, let's talk about all these different nutrients. That's a really good point because everybody
0: slams the medical professionals for not giving us enough data, but we have so much time. We're so overwhelmed that, That is a great point, but I think it's also a compelling reason why this 365-day conversation of Beating Cancer Daily is so important because we can start conversations that people can then go on and do a deeper dive on or then go back to their medical professionals and say, hey, could we take a moment and talk about my iron needs right now? So what a
1: great point to bring up. Thanks. Well, I'm 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 glad that helps, but I also think what you're doing is pretty amazing in terms of your podcast is breaking down at least in in our sessions. It's breaking down one topic and we're kind of dissecting it and then we're trying to apply it to different types of situations. And I think that can be really helpful. And that's a really hard thing to do when you're in the doctor's office and you only have a certain amount of time. With them. So I think it's great that we're covering this important topic. I will say to any cancer patients that are in active treatment right now, your doctors most likely have drawn an iron level to check. But it's it might be just in order to be an informed consumer, it might be something that you want to explore a little bit more on your own, especially when we're just talking about iron and its role in immune function. I mean, iron actually helps our immune cells grow and proper, function properly, which can make it easy for our bodies to fend off illnesses, which is what we're trying to do. <laughs> especially when we're we're in treatment. I mean, the, when we have enough iron, our immune systems have the better tools and they're better equipped to protect us from getting sick. And I think that's one thing that, that we want to do. My job as a functional medicine practitioner, functional nutritionist, and a registered nurse, all those credentials. <laughs> just a
0: few credentials, Jackie, just a few credentials. And you left many off also.
1: I like to talk to my clients about the fact that I, I see their situations through three different lenses, right? That of a Western medicine practitioner, cause I was a nurse and then functional medicine practitioner, which is more Eastern medicine, but then that of a patient and and having worn those shoes and and maybe having a little bit of a different level of empathy than other providers. But I do think for, for all of the above that I just shared, the most important part is that people feel comfortable with their medical team. And it's it's okay to ask questions. It's okay to go in and say, hey, I listened to this podcast about iron. Can we talk about this? Or maybe you were identified as someone with iron deficiency anemia. And I heard this on the podcast. What do you think about me adding X, Y, and Z in? Right. I mean, those are those are different things. The one of the things that that we can do is make our body more efficient, and that is my main goal with all of the people that I work with. Right, is reduce re- reducing the risk of getting sick, improving the symptoms of a current diagnosis. But how do I make my body more efficient on the medication it's on, or if it, given the diagnosis that it's been given?
0: I love that concept. About just making your body this lean, mean fighting machine. I have to see, like making yourself your own nutritional superhero and detective. <laughs> I am very visual and I'm right. very creative. So as you're speaking, I'm getting these images of us all becoming our nutritional superheroes.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> and this is, so in, in the spirit of that conversation, right? How do I make my body more efficient? There are certain strategies that we can do to improve the absorption of iron. And by implementing certain nutrients in our diet or eating more nutrients in our diet, we can actually help with the absorption. And actually vitamin C is a critical player And iron absorption and utilization in in the body. Um, Iron deficiency is common as we we talked about, but vitamin C can actually help increase the absorption of iron. So I think that's a really fun strategy. I, I think it would be kind of fun to talk about food sources of iron because when we talk about iron, often people will go to the supplement sort of what you talked about. Oh, I had iron in my supplement, right? But what food sources have iron in it? Any ideas, Saren?
0: Well, obviously it's red meat because that's the thing that everybody says, oh, go have a piece of red meat. (laughs) But I'm curious where else you can find iron besides red meat.
1: Yeah, so, so you're right. Red meat is one of the, the better sources of iron, but it's also present in many foods. It can be more challenging to absorb from plant-based sources compared to animal-based sources, which is one of the reasons vegetarians were put on that at-risk group list those people that that may be at risk for low iron because they don't eat red meat the richest sources of heme iron and it's h-e-m-e or blood i know that doesn't sound nice but heme iron is in the diet that includes lean meat and seafood plant-based sources of iron those are are like beans and lentils spinach fortified cereals those are non-heme iron Now, we need to keep in mind that non-heme iron is not as easily absorbed as heme iron. And those of the heme iron are found in the animal-based sources. Vitamin C, as I shared earlier, can enhance the absorption of non-heme iron um, because it helps convert it to a more easily absorbed form of iron in the gut. So would that mean that you
0: could take a leafy vegetable, like you said, spinach, and you could match it with some citrus fruit, high in C, mm-hmm. and that would be like the winning combination. Is that how you would do it? Absolutely. So spinach
1: drizzled with lemon would give you a better option uh, opportunity to absorb the the iron in your in your gut. Wait, we have to give,
0: <laughs> we have to tell them about the antioxidant podcast then that we
1: did. Oh, I, love I know we have the <laughs> antioxidants and we did the lemons, which is great.
0: Yeah, we have to tell them. So if you haven't heard Jackie's prior episodes, there is a great one on lemons, a great one on antioxidants. You have to really go back and listen to all of them because now they're all starting to fit together in this brilliant web or puzzle i'm seeing how they all start to fit together everything's connected
1: yeah right i mean i, I what we what we're doing is we're breaking down so many systems we're breaking down different nutrients and minerals that they're all players in overall health and well-being which is which is really important
0: and the immune system which is so interesting how it all relates back to fortifying our immune system so Hopefully we get out of the pickle of cancer and hopefully stay healthy and never get it or never have it come back.
1: Yes. I mean that's the ultimate goal. But I again, all of the things we've been talking about are, like you said, puzzle pieces in building a, a healthy and balanced diet. And a healthy and balanced body to keep you safe and protected. We we just talked about vitamin C enhancing absorption of iron. In in our country, in the United States, about half of the dietary iron comes from bread, cereal, and other grain products. I mean, that's really where people are getting it from. It'd be nice if they were getting it from the whole foods, whether it be lean organic meats or fish or or other types of plant based but a lot of it's coming from this processed processed food which isn't always ideal for for health. I can list out a few food items that are high in iron and I think you mentioned beef but beef liver which is not something I opened like <laughs>
0: when Jackie said beef liver because you can't see her face.
1: Oh, her oh it's not my favorite. <laughs> my, mom, my mom loved liver. I used to like gag as a kid watching her eat it, but she loved it when she's 82 and very healthy. Maybe that was the key to her health. I don't know. I
0: love it. I love it, but they say that because it's a an organ that processes and cleans. You have to get it from a really good source because it can just be gross
1: yes yeah (laughs) well other other sources of iron are oysters chicken liver cooked spinach i mean if we do a comparison right so if we have three ounces of beef liver and we compare it to a half a cup of cooked spinach The three ounces of beef liver have 5.2 milligrams of iron. The half a cup of spinach has 3.2 milligrams. Terrible difference. Especially I eat much more than a half a cup of spinach when I do eat it, right? So I'm probably having a bigger portion than what they're talking about here.
0: And raw spinach, just you putting it in a salad. Can you break that down and absorb that?
1: Yes, I usually do raw spinach, but I don't know if it, I I like it just slightly wilted too. Just a mm-hmm. little wilted, drizzled with olive oil and lemon. Oh, it's so good. Other sources of iron are things like lentils and tofu chickpeas, red meat. Red meat is not off off the table, kidney beans and pumpkin seeds. Again, pumpkin seeds I'm a freak about pumpkin seeds, but one ounce of pumpkin seeds is 4.2 milligrams of iron. That blows my mind
0: because you have me eating pumpkin seeds before I go to bed, but I thought that was because of the magnesium. It is. It's got other things in
1: it, right? It's got some iron in there. It's got magnesium. It has some zinc. I mean, it's got
0: Those tricky little pumpkin seeds.
1: (laughs) Go get some pumpkin seed. The the RDAs are recommended dietary allowances that are set. Adult men is eight milligrams a day. Adult women is 18 uh, per day. And the reason for that is that's the age range of 19 to 50. When you get over the age of 50, because you're not, you're in menopause for, for women, it's back to eight milligrams per day. And that's just because you're not having the monthly
0: toast. Okay. Wait, Jackie, I have to say I am a label detective now because of you. And I never, ever thought to check the iron on any of the labels. And now I have one more thing that I have to check to get my
1: eight milligrams. This is crazy. It's fun. Like, I guess maybe that's just, how weird I am, right? I, I just think <laughs> it is so much fun reading what's inside the food. I mean, it's, we've talked before, we've heard the old saying, you are what you eat. And I've talked about you are what you can absorb, right? So how, how well everything's functioning inside your body. But it's important for us to understand now we've, we've got the health benefits. We know what food sources, we know what we're supposed to have for milligrams per day as an adult. How do we figure this out? How do I know if I'm even iron deficient? So it is a very simple blood test. There's a blood test called um, serum ferritin test, which can test your iron level. But there are also anemia tests uh, that are specific to how the red blood cells are functioning. And so there's the blood chemistry test that I just talked about um, can look at your vitamins and minerals Um, blood tests that that will not only look at the iron but they also look at b12 and folate and those are really important vitamins that if there's a a change in those vitamins that could be an indication of anemia as well there's a blood test also called a, a reticulocyte count And reticulocytes are the really very young red blood cells that are just released from the bone marrow. And that test will show you how many new ones you're making, right? So if you're not making a lot of new ones, that would be an indication that your iron may be low. They can actually do a test of your stool or your feces to check if there's any blood. They call that an um, occult blood test because your iron will start going lower if you have any bleeding intestinal bleeding or other internal bleeding and that's always a a way that they can detect uh, something else going on in the body some of the the ways that i've heard my clients that they found out they were iron deficient is when they went to donate blood part of the process of donating blood is they have to screen you and and when they do screen you they'll say hey you can't give blood today because your iron levels are low People, I think people should get it checked on a regular basis. And and especially if you've got an underlying condition. Pregnancy, they're going to check you. If you're a vegetarian, you should get checked. If you have gut issues and possibly have issues with absorption, that's another thing that you should be getting checked as well. But
0: bleeding ulcers, right? That can cause it. Yeah. That can definitely cause it. So can you get too much iron? And how do you know if you're getting too much iron?
1: yes and again that would be the blood test so that's one of the reasons i say don't supplement until you get a blood test because getting too much can be detrimental too right there is there are certain toxicity levels and again it's a balancing act and that's really what we're really what we're looking for in in the sense of looking at your population that you're serving with with cancer patients right the, the people that are really vulnerable. We talked about the cancer patients being a group that is at risk for iron deficiency. Anemia in cancer patients is usually treated based on the cause, like what actually caused it. And if if the doctors, and this is why I said most people in treatment will have their iron checked, but if the doctors detect that there is some anemia, that can actually delay treatment for some of the cancer patients. So the two main goals of of most medical providers in cancer treatment are to treat the cause of the anemia. What's why is it happening? Is there bleeding? Is there a nutritional deficiency? You know, what's actually going on? And the other goal is to raise the hemoglobin so that the symptoms get better. Because as if cancer treatment is not exhausting enough, right? Let's let's throw a little anemia into it. And some of the the common treatments, and and I've not had this myself because I've not experienced anemia, but some of the common treatments are iron therapy, so an, an iron infusion. Some patients will get red blood cell transfusions. The ESAs, which are the erythropoiesis stimulating agents, and that actually helps you make more red blood cells. And then depending upon the type of anemia a person has they can be treated with B12 or folic acid supplementations Outside of the the cancer world, my patients that are vegetarians often take B12 as a supplement just to prevent anemia because they're not they're not getting the the full source of the heme iron that we were talking about earlier. and and without that B12, the blood cells do not form properly out inside of the bone marrow and these blood cells actually die off earlier. And so that can lead to anemia as well, which is why vegetarians need to take B12.
0: It's so fascinating. I really never, ever, ever, ever thought about looking in these labels, thinking, should I be eating more of this food or that food? But just finding out all about the bean sources. I love beans and it's probably why I'm not iron deficient. And I haven't increased, if anything, I've decreased my red meat intake. So that's really good to know that I'm fortifying myself with all the beans and the spinach and the leafy greens. Jackie, thank you.
1: Well, it's quality, right? So so what you're talking about is quality. We talked about most of the country getting their iron in breads and cereals, right? And you see, I mean, when you go to the store, it'll say fortified with iron, Right. or when you look at even baby formula fortified with iron right so they if you if you read the labels you'll see things that are fortified with iron but my preference is to get the iron in the foods like you talked about the beets the spinach the organic grass fed red meat oysters things things along that line i think if i could give just a few tips for Getting in iron, if you if you are someone that eats animal sources of heme iron, that's going to be more absorbable and that's going to be much easier for you to maintain a healthy iron level in your body. But that's not to say that vegetarians cannot have healthy iron levels. They just need to be a little bit more aware of it, making sure that they're getting in the B vitamins and that the the non-heme iron that they're getting, maybe even pairing it with vitamin C would make a difference, right? So there are certain foods and different types of foods that if you eat together, they can interact or either boost your ability to absorb iron. And I think that's can be really helpful to understand that. We talked about vitamin C being one of those vitamins that can actually help with absorption of iron, but there are certain substances that are found in other foods that decrease your ability to absorb iron. Right. So that, that's a, I mean, it's a whole nother podcast, wait a
0: minute. Oh my gosh. I cannot wait. You're telling me that if I eat in certain combinations, I could actually decrease my iron absorption and not even know that.
1: Yes. Yeah, there are. There's foods that contain compounds like polyphenols and phytates or even certain calciums that make it harder for the body to absorb and store iron. Some of these, and don't get too alarmed, but some of these are found in tea and coffee and grains. You think about some of these grain-based cereals that are fortified with iron and you wonder if it's even making a difference at all, right? But there are certain foods that can interfere with that. But it's not something that you need, I feel that it's not something that you need to be overly alarmed about unless you are deficient, mm-hmm. right? If you are deficient, then we really, really need to pay attention to these things. But most people are able to balance out the amount of iron with their whole diet the way the way it is. But if someone is deficient, then they need to be aware that there are things that can help and hurt the way that they are absorbing
0: what would be an example, like a real example, of two things that you would not combine together?
1: Well, oh, I mean, at the same time, maybe mm-hmm. tea and meat, right? I mean, that's an example, but that's not. It, it's, I know. It's not a I hard, know. It's not a hard fast rule. I mean, I have my tea right here. You know, that <laughs> I'm drinking but it but there are again certain things that can make it harder for the body to absorb iron it doesn't mean that it won't absorb it it just makes it a little bit more challenging i understand right? and and so the vitamin c we talked about will enhance it right so so again those are just different players in in the way that the iron is absorbed in our body
0: fascinating i always joke that you make me so smart jackie but I do give you credit. I always tell people that you're my source.
1: Well, you are very kind. I, I think I find it interesting and it's so nice to share it with you because you get as excited as I do. Many people in my life that get as excited in my family and my friend group that they're always like, oh, here she goes again.
0: <laughs> no, we're totally nutrition geeks. I We definitely are. But look, you are a 20-year survivor. I'm a 30-year survivor from when I'm misdiagnosed. And we're just trying to stay healthy and stay ahead of this and hopefully not revisit our whole cancer stories and inform as many people as possible along the way. I mean, there's a reason why we've chosen to just be patient advocates and really try to get the word out there. And a 365 day podcast is a big task, but there is so much to talk about. And I am so grateful that you come back week after week and share this incredible wisdom. And I, I am so grateful not only for myself and for the comedy cures foundation But also for all the people that get to listen to this podcast and on the date that we're recording, just before we found out that we have listeners in 37 countries already, thanks to you and to Missy and to Kate and to my crazy brain. But there are over a thousand people, Jackie, who are coming in through a VPN line Because their countries don't allow them to listen to American-based podcasts. And so people are finding a way, even when their countries have restrictions, to get this information. And it's piece by piece that we're building our own wellness. And you are so instrumental in this. And I just am thoroughly grateful. So you have to promise me that you'll come back.
1: Oh, I promised to come back. I wouldn't miss it. It's so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so I just want to end
0: on a joke. I know I started on a joke, but I love corny jokes that are topical to when Jackie comes to visit us at Beating Cancer Daily. So here's one more joke for you. I modified this. I got it from upjoke.com, but I modified it. My husband has an iron deficiency. In fact, he's deficient with most household appliances. (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I really think it's funny because my husband probably wouldn't be able to iron if you told him that our lives depended on it. (laughs) He would just hand it to me. (laughs) So that joke made me laugh. I want to remind everybody that Jackie does a monthly live health builder workshop, and they are so good. They're usually on Mondays, 1130 Eastern U.S. time. And so if you go to the Comedy Cures Foundation, you can see it. It's just scroll down a little bit on the homepage and you can sign up for Jackie's next health builder workshop. You can even ask questions and I do some humor. So if you come on time or you come a little early, we start on time and then we do a little bit of humor about the topic. So you get to laugh a little before Jackie gets started and then Jackie always has a little bit of humor there. If you wanna reach Jackie Bryan, you can find her online if you can't find Jackie on our website, then just rate to the Comedy Cures Foundation or record a message to me at comedycures.org and we will send you her signature so you can explore her website and maybe even talk to her and become a client. But we just get you every week and every month through the Comedy Cures Foundation. And we are just so honored to be in this dialogue with you, Jackie. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks so much
0: for having me. Have a blessed day, and I'll see you tomorrow. If you loved today's episode, then tell the world. Why? Because Beating Cancer Daily and our membership circle are both a listener and donor-supported experience. So the more people you tell and the more people that join us, the more... Robust and interesting programs, our nonprofit, the Comedy Cures Foundation, can bring to you throughout the year. I really want you to go to comedycures.org. And of course, I always want you to make a donation. It's tax deductible to the extent allowed by law. But what's super exciting is not only can you laugh and explore the comedy there, you can look at our membership levels and find the one that's great for you. And if you're feeling a little bit generous, gift one to a chemo brother or sister or to a caregiver that you just want to help them improve the quality of their day. Thanks so much. See you tomorrow. Guess what time it is. It's time for me to read the disclaimer. Beating Cancer Daily and the membership circle are not in lieu of medical advice or treatment. They are for entertainment purposes only. Please consult your healthcare team to review your best strategy. Thanks for listening.